Christian, what is my cigar that you're going to give me and say, here you go, Rob, you're new to cigars or you're new to my brand. This is what I want you to smoke. Hey, you know what? First 20. Oh, perfect. That's my favorite cigar. And that's actually, that cigar was born out of a mistake as well. That cigar was a mistake. That That was the best mistake he's ever made in his entire life. There's a story inside every smoke shop with every cigar and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Boveda. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne with Bovoda. And today I have Christian Irora and Tom Lazuka. I had to say that. I had to go that way. It's Eiroa. I know. I always add an R. And I think it's because <laughs> I feel like I want to announce your name that way. Just with yeah. like baseball or something like up to bat is Christian Eiroa. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's all right. I know. There's no, there's not two R's and... It's a funny way to say it. I, I can't do it. How do you break it down phonetically? A ro a erola. Actually, you know, Tom was talking to his girlfriend and couldn't explain it. So he we even made a poster out of it. E E E E H R O W like rowing, and then yeah. ah eroa. Oh, eroa. Yeah. Yeah. So Perfect. when I was explaining it to her, I was like, okay, E. She would say E, and I'd go. Row like <laughs> rowing a boat, and then ah, so then I told him about it, and then like, oh, that's a great idea for a shirt. Shirts. So that's what we did. We yeah. did the you shirts with the tin signs. You yeah. made them? Yeah, we got them. Okay, man. I need a we shirt. Actually, we actually have them in the booth. And then I'm gonna make my own <laughs> shirt. That's irara. <laughs> Sound right. like a uh, soccer. Uh, I know. Or, that's what I'm saying. Soccer. Or baseball. is that football? I kind of thought WWF wrestling. Yeah, that would work. All the above. Well, now that we're in a good mood, let's talk a little bit, Christian. You grew up as a child of a farmer of tobacco. So you have, from all the way from age nine, Christian, you were in the fields playing in Honduras with your friends. You also spent some of your time on uh, school break. You spent some time in the factory, in the fermentation part. When you were growing up on the farm, what types of things did you do that you were not supposed to do on a farm and you got yelled at by your mom? No, you know, the funny thing is I never got yelled at. But, you know, when I look back now, listen, we live in a neighborhood. My wife wouldn't even let the kids ride the bicycle outside, right? So, <laughs> yeah, don't let them out. Don't let them out. Someone's you know, going to take them. Look, at the farm was horseback riding as soon as we got. But I'll tell you what, even crazy stuff that is doesn't seem real. Back then, we had the dromedaries. The, the, uh, these are the, the fumigating planes, you know, sure. the, the crop yeah. dusters. That- Spray the yeah, chemicals man. So, all over. So those were single pilot. There was a little room in the back. So they would fumigate them. And when the plane would land, you know, I would hang on the wing as the guy is taxiing. No And I way. remember I used to love the smell <laughs> of the poison. <laughs> I used to enjoy it. He's hanging out there. He's like, man, this stuff smells great. Listen, now we understand. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. He and, is going to be saying his name. No, hold on. <laughs> the and, and other times. So behind the seat, there was a little storage area. Yeah. Where the guy would put his lunch or whatever, whatever. And, yeah. and the guy, hey, you want to go crop dust with me? I go, yeah, sure. Oh, my and God. I would just hop a in. kid to fly up there. Man, and I'm then seven, they- eight years old, <laughs> nine years old. I'm just going up there and flying around in the airplane. You're having a ball. Right. Listen, you know, <laughs> our breakfast and is no exaggeration. Our breakfast would be oatmeal right from the cow. <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> no pasteurization, right nothing, man. That thing was... Right there, I, mean, I don't know yeah. if I got diarrhea or not. I don't think I did. Right, I was so used because I used yeah. to love it. And then, you, and then we would heat up the milk, and then you get the cream on top. Man, oh. I used to just eat that cream like 
All these Isn't things, the I, mean, I mean, I could tell my wife one story and she would just completely go crazy. <laughs> they just not don't understand kids. it. We cannot do that <laughs> to our kids. <laughs> That's great. Christian, I also wanted to talk to you about your dad has been growing tobacco from the early 60s. And at, correct? Yes, sir. That's okay. correct. So he's been growing tobacco from the early 60s. It takes a certain kind of character to grow a living organism. And what do you see in your father? You know, how is that unique that not everyone can do that? And even in, a, in yourself as well. You know, the amazing thing about my father is his work ethic. It's it's something that doesn't stop impressing me. You know, one time we were working at, you know, my father had an airplane action 77. He's paralyzed, right? Okay. So uh, I remember one time I left I left the office early. I'm in the factory early. And he says, why'd you leave early? I said, dad, you know, my stomach was upset. It was like 4.30. I want to go home. He goes, listen, let me tell you something. I leave the house at 5 o'clock in the morning. By 5.45, my ass hurts, my back hurts, my shoulders hurt. Don't ever complain about anything again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and still now at 80, 81, he still makes these long-term plans. And now he, he all of a sudden, he's a sheep herder now. So he's going to be buying these oh stupid dogs. I got to buy dogs for him now. Dogs for him. And, hey, your dad needs six more dogs to dude, herd the sheep. Dude, he's got a thousand head of sheep. Holy and he wants cow. me to get him some border collies. I go, dad, hey. man, those things are like a thousand bucks each. <laughs> oh, okay. So give them to me. Okay, go I ahead. Go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go get them. present. That's a, so now I got to buy the stupid it. dogs when I get back home next week. Hey. Uh, it's his work ethic, man. You know, he, he, but he really has. He look at. They could be a guy who published a text on how to grow tobacco, and this guy could be the foremost expert. My father would not read page one. He really? just wants to learn everything on his own. Yeah, hands on. Let's it, it, let's get to know the tobacco. You know, there's a lot of people in this industry that say tobacco. No matter how much you know about it, you always have to be touching it and and caring for it because if it changes. Good or bad, you have to know. You have From to know one how moment to, to the next, adapt, man. Right? One moment to the next, one field to the next. And it's all one different. aisle to the next. Right? It's mm -hmm. all different. Unbelievable. What things do you see in your dad that you really, really admire other than the work ethic? His curiosity, man. He's just completely always curious. He, he uh, you know, he, he, like he'll come up with a new idea, a new con. Hey, I want to try fermented tobacco this way. Oh, so he's still experimenting. Oh yeah, At man. 80, I'm like, 81? Oh, you know, Dad, you've been doing, yeah, Dad, you've wow. been doing 50 something years. Man. Why are you gonna change it now? <laughs> that is good to hear because now it's not just, hey, this is the way we've been doing it for 50 some years. This is the way we're gonna do it. I love hearing the fact that he's actually gonna say, no, let's try this. This is something new. Oh, he's constant. I mean, you know, it's with FDA and all the things going on. It's funny because we'll go down to the farm and, and there'll be. Uh, like the second growing season. And we don't grow a lot in that season normally. We sure. do one season and, but then there'll be a whole field, like 10 acres or 20 acres of something. And I'd be like, what's that? And then it'd be, it'd be like, I don't know, my dad's got it. <laughs> I don't know, my dad's got the sheep out there like, no, he, he and he's planting yeah. and he's got all sorts of stuff going on. So, uh, but, you know, but it was this curiosity that Bayer actually certified our farm with crop yes. size because it was clean, it was organized. And they liked the, the, the fact that we were documenting everything in a way that they could understand because it's a German company. So cleanliness is the most important thing, do you think? Listen, 100%. Even with the cigars, people put cigars in their mouths, man. Uh -huh. And we, we are factories, 99% hygienic. Now, Bayer didn't, they certify the farm. They would not certify the factory because sure. they're a human health company. Right. Uh, but, you know, it, it was something that I, it always struck me. People put cigars in their mouths and no one ever really thinks about how clean they really right. are. And, you know, we do a process where it's 99% hygienic. You know, you, you, walk, you walk in 
and you have to go through a special mist system. Our workers have to wash their hands every so often, hair nets or baseball caps, little things like that that make such a huge difference when you get the product in the end. Right. You don't have the rollers that are licking it and then going. Like I've heard in the old days, oh, they used to just lick it themselves because it was quicker than putting the pectin on it. You're like, oh my gosh, what was I smoking back then? Not at the Aurora family. <laughs> Christian, how are you similar to your dad or different? Hey man, those are fighting words right there, man. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I'm greatly complimented when someone says I have things similar to my dad, but usually it never comes in a positive, <laughs> in a positive example. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I think the drive, the main thing is, is the drive and the focus, you know, failure is not an option. Uh, you know, my father w was able to teach me that at the age of 39, when he had, his, he had his accident, he was able to pick himself back up at a time and 77 to about 1990, those 13 years, the industry was dead. Right. Dead, and that dead, accident dead. was a plane accident, right? Yeah, he, he was, was taking off on an airplane. He's taken off and then he crashed and you said he got paralyzed. He became paralyzed in that accident. Yes. Sir. Does he have any feeling back now? Listen, he, he could walk for many years with, with walking sticks, uh -huh. but he stopped walking a couple of years ago because he was afraid of falling. Sure. But he, he he's still, still uneasy. Do it. Yeah. But listen, okay. man, you know, not, now the risk of hurting himself right. is a lot greater. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, but, you know, I do like I like being compared to him when it has to do with being yeah. headstrong, sturdy and, and stubborn. Good. He's a great man. Great example. Good. So you had a great upbringing. Yeah, very so fortunate. Should... Yes. 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 Tom, I, I do want to shift gears here a little bit and talk a little bit about you as well. Tom, you came from the pizza franchise, specifically Jets in Michigan. That's where you're born and raised. You moved on to sell accessories for Calibri. Then you became a cigar rep for Camacho. With all your history in the pizza industry and your expertise with quality pizza, what is the most important ingredient that makes a pizza amazing? Is it the sauce, crust, or toppings? Uh, I would say it's the crust. The crust. You're a crust guy, and why? Why is it the crust? Well, thin or thick or deep dish, or what are we talking about? Well, you know, uh, again, everybody likes something different, right? You can have deep yeah. dish, you can have the thin crust, New York style, all these different styles. Uh, but crust, it's how it's cooked, sweetness, like you, you can okay. really change the flavor of a pizza with the really? crust. Really? Because you can add different ones, ingredients to make it change. You, you can, or make it okay. sweeter or non-sweeter. Or, you know, at, at Jets, they were known for their deep dish. And we would uh, almost kind of uh, caramelize the crust a little bit. So you had that ah. crunchiness to it. So that's really what made it. Sounds because good. we can all buy the same cheese, right? Like, right. like we use quality cheese, but this, the cheese we use, every other company could buy. It didn't right. matter. You so know cheese what I mean? is not going to affect cheese the pizza. Isn't, you know, pepperoni, you can use spicy, whatever. But it's all something everyone else can use. So the right. real uniqueness is either sauce or uh, See, now the that's crust. the camp I fit in. I'm a sauce guy. Yeah. I think the, the other food, the other stuff, is just a conduit to get the sauce in my body. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the part that I like the most. Yeah. And I, I like a, a good light. tangy sauce with a good uh, kind of... Uh, hearty backbone to it. And I remember I used I used to live in a town of 650 people in Wisconsin, Webster, Wisconsin, in this place called uh, Louisa. Louisa, I think. Yeah. And it had the best tangy sauce. I would go there once a week. I thankfully I, I can hold my own with the pizza and keep off the weight. But man, I would have been a big chubby kid if I kept eating that stuff. So you're, well, you're you a crust guy. You see what happens when you're yeah, in the yeah, pizza yeah. business for a while. You're a crust guy. You stay a big chubby you, kid. You weren't that big. That was a cigar business that did that to you. Yeah. So you're a crust guy, Tom. I'm a sauce guy. Christian, what is the most important ingredient in your pizza? Queso, man. 
Queso. Of course. The cheese. Tom just said the cheese doesn't matter. We can all get the same cheese. You got to remember, this man only orders pizza with cheese on it. That's so it? You're an extra, he, he, extra, extra cheese yes, guy? Yes, of course, man. The reason you do that, because no matter where you travel in the world, in weird places, pasta and pizza will never make you sick. All the really? other different foods will make you sick. So we make Why? it a point to... Why is that? I Because it won't make it's you sick. Because it's cooked yeah, it, or you can, you can have bad fish, you can have bad meat, you can have bad something, bad vegetables anywhere. But pasta and pizza are always safe wherever you travel. You heard it first. <laughs> All right, we've discussed all the things we need to about pizza. We've solved all the world problems in pizza, except for we haven't heard any interesting stories. Being in the pizza delivery business, you've <laughs> got to have some of the best stories, Tom. Tell me your best take. Oh, man. I would say, uh, you know, probably the best one I remember I had. <laughs> what, what, the, what I remember, the guy calls on the phone. He orders his, his pie and um, he calls back whatever and he says i wanted it for delivery i said well we can have it delivered now and then he, he was upset because he didn't order it for delivery he thought he did whatever so yeah. uh, cash and carry yeah right? so then the next thing you know the guy tells me he is going to uh kill me <laughs> Whoa. and i said this guy's pizza and i told him, i said it's okay you know where i'm at you just come on in we'll, we'll figure it out you know so the the guy comes into the store He's yelling Why at me. Why is he going to kill you, though? Because you're not going to deliver it or yeah, what? Because, yeah, his pizza didn't get delivered. So he, he, so he, he was, called. He, was he said he wanted day. it delivered. You said I could do that, but that wasn't that. good enough. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't he, now. He, he, yes. It's he, not he immediate. So now I'm going straight to killing somebody because so, I don't have it now. So I just told him, I said, Sounds very rational. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> obviously, listen, I uh, have your caller ID. I mean, I can find yeah. you, but you know where I'm at right now. If you don't like it, just here, come on in and we'll, we'll, we'll handle it. Right. So, you know, 10 minutes later, guy walks in the door. He's kind of yapping at me, yapping at me, whatever. And I said, oh, you want like that pizza? So I just told my employees, I said, hey, you guys want a pizza? So I let them eat it in front of him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're asking for it now, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. And, and then, you knew it was him. Yeah, I knew it was him. So then I just got on the phone and I called the, I'm like, listen, if you don't get out of the store, I'm going to call the cops. And he kept rapping, so I finally got on the phone and called the police, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, five foot ten, whatever describing race, the guy. describing the guy, and then the guy takes off, right? And within two minutes, the cops were at my store <laughs> and asked me what happened, and then I laughed because they did like the, uh, the, they started calling me the pizza Nazi, like the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. So the local cops that always come in are like, you're like the soup Nazi. You're the pizza Nazi on Seinfeld. Tom the pizza Nazi. <laughs> yes, that's what, that's what they did. No pizza for you. Yeah, no pizza for you. Get out of here. That was it. That was uh, like my threatening one. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Man. I would not. Uh, yeah, that was smart. Smart yeah. way to handle it. Man. I didn't know that story, smart man. Yeah. That was smart way to handle it. Well, now I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about making cigars. I mean, the process of making cigars starts with farming. In and of itself is a hard task. Then you have to age it for months, if not years. Then you have to roll the cigar and make sure you don't screw that process up because there's multiple steps for that. So with all of these variables at play here, you open yourself up for a ton of risk and to the opportunity to make mistakes. But can you guys share with me a time where you made a mistake, but it positively impacted you to change something in your process and you'll forever be grateful. You know, here's the funny thing. I love, we love mistakes. We really enjoy making mistakes. For example, 70 by 7. So we do the 70 by 7. I don't know if you had the Asylum 13 70 by 7. You guys notice yes. it has a tissue wrap on the foot. Yes. 
the reason we did that because we came up with a cigar, came up with a size. That was Tom's idea, which I was against the size. I thought it was stupid. <laughs> too good big, thing, too big. Good thing I I, I, I made a bet on him. I'm like, you know what? Not really a bet, almost a threat. Go oh, listen, Tom, I'm going to make 5,000. You threatened eat to kill him if he made no, the 70 no, 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 by 70? No, I, told, no, I, tried, <laughs> to, I tried was, to make him eat him. This was ah. a complete, I wanted to be like an I told you so moment. Yes. Where he could say, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, But slap your name say on that. I told you so, yeah. we're going to do this. Yes. So, listen, so we have these cigars made, and we came up with the concept. All of a sudden, we're packing the cigars, and I go, Man, we don't have cellophane for the cigars. So what do I do? I have grab some tissue paper, wrap it up. And then we said, you know what, guys? Just just get some tissue paper on the foot. And what ends up happening is that tissue paper on the foot contrasts the color of the wrapper and contrasts the color of the band. And that's one of the things that makes that that cigar stand out. Oh, from a marketing standpoint or from a visual standpoint, you can immediately know that that's going to be in the silent. 100%. Yeah. The other, and the other reason, the box of a silent 13 when we started the factory, that cigar came out, and the people that that is it the craft machine, whatever, or the Schlegel, I don't know what machine sure. we use. In the fact, I forget right now. I'm having a, the, but the the, the the class machine and the hinge machine. We order from the Germans, and the Germans being so precise, it takes them nine months to finish the machine. Holy and cow. we ordered that thing in January. And this is to make the hinges on the box. Yeah, to to apply the hinges on yeah. cigar boxes. Got it. I'm like, oh man, now we don't have a box. All right, let's just slide do a top. slide top. No, mm-hmm. not even a pull up top. Because oh, the really? slide was going to be too big for the silent, the silent 13 boxes. Oh. So we ended up doing just a, a pop top and then we turned the top into a tray. And that's right. the way the box ends up oh, looking like right. that. Oh, that's right. Because it has the handles on the side and you pull the top up. Just almost like a shoe box. Right. Yeah. Really? And then they can use the top as a tray for Happy people to mistakes. pick their cigars. Oh, but listen, but I, I love them, man. I mean, there are so many of them that we make all the time. Not all of them work. Right. <laughs> that's just right. the one that did one or two that did work, but look at man, we we, we, we make a lot of lemonade. Yeah. A lot yeah. of lemons. Yeah, well you have to. And we, we we enjoy we enjoy doing it and it's part of the fun. It really is. Wonderful. Yeah, and I think one of the things uh, where we're very fortunate is being that, you know, his father's at the farm and right. Christian's been in it his whole life. We have our own box factory. Uh, all these things we're able to adjust very quickly and adapt to those mistakes. So we can make them, but we know we can, we're, we're able to correct them very quickly. It's not like you guys ordered all the boxes and go, oh crap, this isn't going to work. And they got to order them again. <laughs> yeah, you guys can make the, yeah. the changes right away. So do you think part of that is being able to have the resources to do the things yourself is very important to your process? I, I think it's having the experience. Look at what, when you look at Tom's experience on the road, my experience on the road, and we see what customers are looking for, what the reaction is. And then we all also understand the manufacturing side so well, we can react very quickly, but sure. we understand what we're doing. So if I'm telling you that a cigar is going to do this and this and this, it will do it. And we've also done a great job, especially Tom's done a great job building our sales force to understand and aligning everybody that if we do come up with something is because it's, it's really good. Is that the major is quality or experience the major driving force of what you guys do? Or is there something else that really drives you to keep producing these well, cigars? I, I think those two things have to go together uh, because without experience, 
it's hard to constantly produce quality because you don't know how right. to produce quality. So, you know, having the, the, the family heritage and, and Christian's experience, his father's experience and in, in growing the tobacco, um, you know, we know we're going to get a good product there. We know our factories, our cigars are rolled properly. The quality is good. You know, so for us, our, our biggest concern is how do we market the brand to the consumer? Um, you know, when you talked about like mistakes, things like that, you know, as we're growing as a company, I think one of the first things we did with Asylum, which I still think is a fantastic cigar, it just never took off for us, was like the Asylum Straightjacket. And, oh, okay. and, and it was one of those. That's cigars. when I told you so. Yeah, I told him the fan was dumb. Christian yes. got his. Yes. I told you so. That's this right. I not going to work. <laughs> yes. See, so they're not all home runs. You yeah, know? no, hey, but, you can't uh, have them all. But, you know, the cigar is still fantastic. It just the, the, the concept didn't work. We priced it a little higher to see what the brand can do, because Asylum's always been um, a price point brand, a very affordable cigar. Uh, sure. You know, but. That was our intent from the beginning. Right. We What's wanted, the range if I go into a shop? Um, uh, you know, we started at five to seven. Wow. You know, this is our seven year, seventh anniversary on uh, July 2nd. will be officially seven years uh, on the road nice. selling. Uh, so, uh, you know, what we had to learn is how, how it, where our brand sat in the market. Can we extend uh, pricing? You know, can we be a little more fancy with it? Or does our customer relate to that? So that that was like a learning process. Is that where, where it kind of failed? Do you feel like it was like too well, it, fancy it was, it was just too Well, price point wise, it was a little high because sometimes at that time, the brand didn't have uh, the pull yet, right? Sure. So we were seeing, and a lot of that was a test to see if we had that, right? Because right. And we're, we've obviously been able to grow into that and do more exclusive things and, yeah. and do more today if you're going to run a marathon you got to practice and if, but, you're, if you, you know can't you, get you, there, you take a shot there. to see right yeah, because you, you know uh, the brand itself uh has been it's become a brand right. you know and, and so Very but we also want to try different things you know and there it was did that customer relate to it and that was one that it just didn't work the way we wanted to it's still fantastic cigar we still make it today it just didn't kind of right. take the legs that we wanted it to Good. And we and we misspelled straight jacket. You misspelled straight jacket. Yeah, yeah it's it ends with an I T, not I G H C. No, not on purpose. Screw hey, up. Man. It was after. That makes me feel good because I can't printing. spell either, man. <laughs> no, There's we so just many... use the wrong word. Straight. I mean, you could also say straight, like straight direction, but it's really not that. You spell it S T R A I T. Yeah. For the jacket. I knew that. But some, yeah, <laughs> but some people still use the other. The other. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Uh... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I, you can spell. I, I have to see it. I'm a visual guy. I got. I have to see it. Otherwise, it's like it's just a bunch of letters hitting the air. So if, if I'm new to both of your brands or together, however you want to say this, but if I'm new to the brand, what asylum are you going to recommend to me, Tom? Very first time ever experiencing your brand. I want to have a good one. What are you going to give me? Uh, that is really preference. Like it's hard to say, right? Like I'm a new cigar smoker. A, a new cigar smoker. I would okay. probably hand you an Insidious. An Insidious. Yes. And why is that? Because it's a milder cigar. It has the light sweet cap on it. It's not sweet all the way through, but it's a great beginner cigar. So if you're a guy who just learning, I don't want to give you a 70 ring gauge cigar and turn your experience off to that. That's right. something you either like or you you know you've got to build to. Sure. Uh, so I would definitely start you off with like our insidious in the asylum line uh, or, you know, obviously I've been very fortunate to be a part of uh, working with Christian at the prior company before. Uh, so I would 
put you towards one of our Honduran tobaccos. The, our Corojo tobacco is fantastic. And, right. and, you know, we get asked the question, like, what would you guys be, are known for that? What would be Corojo. like if you were stuck with one cigar the rest of your life? What would it be? And Desert it, it, Island it, cigar. What is yeah, the Desert it, Island it, cigar? It, 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 it's in Aroa or, or Medulla which Oblongata, one? which is either Medulla Oblongata or, or like in Aroa uh, First okay. 20, the Aroa and any of those. Medulla Oblongata is the one that I like. I really like that cigar. Yeah. I personally like the box press. Surprise. Which one? The Medulla Oblongata. Yeah, that's a great cigar, man. Where did the name Medulla Oblongata come from? So because uh, it's it's anatomy that was uh christian's uh christian's name that one i didn't the come water up boy, with that man. One, that's the water boy yeah, yeah yeah i know i know the water boy because he that says was bobby because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush yeah. listen we with asylum we try to find the, these these all these clinical names and something that completely makes sense right to what the brand is so okay. it's always a tricky part with with that brand and coming up with different names and the whole point behind something like the medulla oblongata was because it happens to me all the time I do think, and I'm convinced that cigars do taste differently when they're box pressed around. So, oh, what good. I like, what I like to see, what I like to see happening is when someone gets buys both cigars at the same time, because the exact same cigar, same amount of tobacco, same everything, just one's pressed and then one's not. And I love to see it when when someone will get and smoke both cigars at the same time and see what the reaction. Challenge is. accepted. I I challenge all you guys as well. Grab the medulla oblongata round, grab the box press, smoke them at the same time. See if you notice any differences in flavor. Yep. That's a good exercise to do. Christian, what is my cigar that you're gonna give me and say, here you go, Rob, you're new to cigars or you're new to my brand. This is what I want you to smoke. Eight oil first 20. Oh, perfect. That's my favorite cigar. And that's actually, that cigar was born out of a mistake as well. That cigar was a mistake. That, that my, was the best mistake he's ever made in his entire life. Listen, my father, phenomenal. my father grew this tobacco called Victoria from, it was a seed from his, his father's farm and the tobacco was too thick for him. So he says, listen, I'm not going to use it. So, yeah. What I heard is he gifted it to you like, yeah. Hey, I can't, here you go. And, and you, you developed something with that. What did right. you, when you were going into the process of this, you know, here, I got this wrapper now. Is that what he gave you? It's no, it's fillers. Most of the fillers. fillers. When you got but, these fillers, what did you say? Like, okay, you know, what do I do now? Or Yeah, you get them and, and what you do is you get the filler, you make a cigar 100% of that filler, and then you start adding one more leaf and trying to see how you can make that cigar work. And what was it from this filler that you were picking up on that made you go, okay, I need to go this direction? What flavor? Well, I was looking for difference. I was looking for the fact that no one else uses a tobacco. Okay. And you, the one thing that we always strive for, and I think that's that's why Tom and I get along so so well, is that we don't want to do what anybody else does and we're not in this for the marketing we're not in the, we're in this for a whole different reason and if you smoke cigars mo- most manufacturers or many will buy tobacco from the same five or six different brokers we use a lot of our own tobacco and now because we're not back in the like in our previous company we want to be the biggest so that we don't want to be the biggest we just want to make yeah. really really good cigars small production so and- now it's more about the small production what you can manage at your own farm and then producing quality. Correct. And something that tastes like nobody else's cigars. Yeah. And nice. at its own pace. At its own pace. At its own pace. That's, I, that's the biggest thing for us, I think, because we have the potential to go bigger than the old Camacho days or whatever. Right. We have the farm, we have the factory. So we have the ability to do that, but we'll do it at the pace, not at the pace because we want it to be at that pace. We do it because that's what the industry is demanding from us. So the growth, that com- whatever growth this company takes, we can meet that demand. So you're very conscious of how fast you're running. 
essentially. Wanna, listen, we, we always use wanna, the term is responsible growth. We could sit here and start pressuring ourselves to grow. And start the campaign that a lot of other companies are doing with the discounts and the aggressive growth. But that means you have to hire X amount of people at the factory. But if that growth is not sustained, you either keep discounting more or you start firing people. My mission with all our employees anywhere is I want to make sure that if you start with me on January 1st or well, January 2nd, you'll be hung over January 1st. <laughs> if you start with me on January 2nd, you will have your job Jan uh, December 30th, year after year after year after year. So we so don't want to So you want, want that retention back. in your employees so that they just 100%, know man, it and makes it's quality. We understand the responsibility that a father and a mother have for a family. Right. When we have to let somebody go, is something heartbreaking that, that burns a hole in my head for months and months and months and months because we know that this person is responsible for his or her family. And we usually do it with months of warning. Right. It's like, listen, bro. Yeah, we're really bad at that side. Like, yeah. there's, we, we, there's a lot of times where uh, we should probably do it sooner, but because, it, you know, there's we, some our, our team is that. family. We, yeah. you know, we like our people, we care about our people, and we want to give them every chance they can to, to get to where uh, we need them to be. Right. You know, and some, you know, at some point we just finally have to say, Enough's go. enough, you know, right. and it's a tough decision for us. It's not an easy yeah. decision ever. You know, it's one of those things that we don't like turnover. We don't like getting rid of people, but we also have an expectation uh, of our people and of ourselves. And, right. you know, I think one of the things that uh, both of us agree on and do well is if something's not working in our company, something's not happening, uh, we know it comes from the top. Yeah, from the you top know, down, it, you guys it, have to It's set our the responsibility pace. to that's great to, to fix that. You I'm know really glad I mean? you guys feel it, that. It, way. It's not their yeah. fault. It's we allowed it to happen, or we didn't do the right. things to do it. So we know it it's usually Tom's fault. <laughs> it's all on Tom. Man. Yeah, that's right. I guess <laughs> just eating the pizza and making Tom do all the work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do you guys have an essential playlist of cigars that you would recommend anybody to have inside their humidor, maybe two or three cigars that if you're a cigar smoker, you have to have these, you have to try these at least once. Uh, listen, you know, I know a lot of guys, you know, the industry uh, likes to kind of smoke between brands and do those things. Uh, I, I don't need anybody else's cigars and not that they don't make great cigars. I don't want to offend anybody, but like if essential cigars for me are obviously our Corojo tobacco, it can be a first 20, it can be a Roa, it can be the, the Asylum Medulla Oblongata. Um, I think our Asylum 13 Nicaragua is fantastic, full body cigar. Uh, you know, so for me, I, it's going to be within our line. I mean, it's definitely okay. going to be, we have everything you can need. We need mild, medium, full body. Uh, I know I could survive on our, our pr products for the rest of my life. Do you right? smoke other people's cigars, though? Obviously, I'm friends with, you know, you, we know all these people in the industry yeah. and they're very generous. And, Everyone's open. And, and so I'll try the cigars, you know, at home in my personal sure. time and things like that. But, you know, it's just I, I never, uh, you know, I believe in our brands a thousand percent. You know, yeah. you know, we, it was funny. Should. I saw something the other day online and it was uh, another manufacturer talking about his brands and, and and about what's happening in our industry. And I, I won't say who it is, but, uh, you know, I agreed with him very much. He believes he makes the best cigars in the world. And sometimes people look at him as he's being a little bit arrogant. But, he, you know, his response was, if I didn't feel that, then I'm in the wrong business. And, right. and I agree with it 100%. The confidence has to come within. You, know, you it, have to it, know if that you you're don't producing believe in your own product, great. you can't sell your products. So that's right. why my salespeople, everybody from top to bottom, 
uh, have to believe in what we do, because if you don't, then you can't do the job for us. And, and right. so I think we make uh, the best cigars in the world. We can compete. We can we can uh, perform uh, quality flavor, every aspect of cigars, we can compete with everybody on this planet. And uh, there's nothing better for me than sitting out and enjoying, you know, one of whether it's Asylum, CLE, any of our products uh, is just that's how I relax. Like getting sure. that, you know, from my, my, like, you know, my girlfriend tells me she she, she goes to the gym. That's how she kind of clears her mind. And, she, you know, cigar smoking is like yoga to her. She's like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. She'll have a right. cigar with me once in a while. Nice. But this is, you know, this is where how we relax. You know, exactly. this is how when we want to just wind down for the day. And, and have, you're going to pick up a, you're going to pick up one of your cigars and, and you pick up utilize cigars, that as you relax. It's, it's, you know, our essentials are going to be Asylum and, and Aroa CLE. Christian, is there a cigar that you've been having that may not be yours and you think it doesn't get the recognition it deserves, but you were really impressed by it? No, you know what happens is um, I agree with Tom and, and the way I consume cigars is pretty much the same way. But, you know, I also do it very clinically. I don't really enjoy cigars every time I smoke one because I'm always analyzing and testing. And I can probably tell you 10 or 15 cigars in my whole career that right. I've sat down and enjoyed as a cigar smoker and just kick back and relax. And so whenever I have a chance to smoke a cigar, I'm usually going to smoke one of ours. I'm almost always, as a matter of fact, every time I smoke one of ours, because I have to test them. Because really, you only have two or three cigars in you a day. I mean, okay, some crazy people out there. Yeah. I mean, some crazy people out there have eight or nine a day. But, uh, you know, I have two or three a day, and so I have to test every single time. It's a full-time job to keep out yeah, that quality I mean, control. You know, even with, because I've heard, I've heard uh, some of our colleagues always say, yeah, we got to see what the market is doing. And that's and that goes against exactly exactly against what we're trying to do. We Why don't make that? a product based on the market. Okay. We just make an interpretation of what we're feeling. Right now, we're doing one called um, one called uh, pandemonium. Oh yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, so, well, you edit that, please. Oh, Memory is the second that's thing Tom's that goes. Like, I don't South really Montana care about the name of that <laughs> one. Yes. What's the first one? I don't know, but the memory is the second one. I don't remember. So, no, so but, pandemonium by asylum. So, so pandemonium is like Tom tells me, Christian, I want a really, really, really strong cigar. And so we started working on it. We have strength it. is the, the is the backbone of this. He just wanted That's a strong cigar. Want. We used to have these cigars called uh, in 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 the uh, fifty two by eight and a half. It was called the imperial size. I think Camacho had those sizes too, like the old Camacho in the sixties and seventies. Yep. And uh, so we did the fifty two by eight and a half. And then of course we're known for the seventy ring gauge. We did the seventy by eight and a half. And we're like, uh, Tom, you know, we're missing a size. Let's just do the six. We have a 60 and everything. So we got this 52, 60, and 70, eight and a half. And in the pandemonium. Strong. Pandemonium. And it's strength. So nicotine. So you got to either eat or keep drinking while you're smoking the cigar. Sugar. Drink sugar. sugar. Yeah. Whenever you get those cold sweats, drink Coca-Cola or eat a pack okay. of sugar and you're cured immediately. Really? Yeah. To get rid of that nicotine buzz that yep. you're feeling. And but it's instant. Yeah. Wonderful. The silver bullet. Well, you guys heard it here first from Tom and Christian. I want to thank you both for being on our show. Thank you thank very you much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. For being here.